chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. And in the same region, uh, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. Thank you. That's Yeah, guys, again, thanks so much for sharing. What a, what a treat to um, get to know them and to walk alongside them and, and just to hear their honest and, and yet um, what they call hope-filled reality of the good news of Jesus that informs all of life. And, um, so now I'm going to go ahead and uh, pray as we transition to our sermon. So, but uh, before I do, if you want to go ahead and turn with me to Luke chapter 2, where we'll be in our sermon this morning. And um, if you have uh, a Bible, you can go ahead and turn there or in your app or, you know, however it is that you get there. If you don't have a, <laughs> if you don't have a Bible with you, you go ahead and hold your hand up high and keep it up and somebody will get you one. Um, También si necesitas en español, solamente levanta su mano y diga español. We actually just got some new Spanish Bibles, so that's cool. Um, and so, yeah, so uh, if you don't own a Bible, you do now. Okay, this is our gift to you. We want to make sure that everybody has a Bible that they can keep and read and underline stuff and understand and um, that they can call their own. So um, while you guys are turning there, while we're getting ready, let me go ahead and pray and ask God to continue to oversee our time here together. Yeah, Lord, I, I do thank you for this morning. Um, Lord, thank you for... Um, hard and sad and yet hope-filled um, truth of you um, defining every circumstance. And so Lord, this morning as we get into the scripture together, as we look through the lens of some shepherds, um, Lord, I pray that you will, um, as you always do, make your word, Lord, speak to us and shape us. Lord, I do pray that uh, you would speak through me. Um, I pray that my talk would be at a minimum, and Lord, that uh, anything, uh, Lord, that, that, that we hear today would be from you. Lord, I pray that you will open our eyes and ears and hearts to hear from you, to be shaped by you, formed by you. Lord, I trust that as we see you clearly, we will respond appropriately in worship. Lord, we pray these in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Um, what, uh, what kind of thing have you hoped for? Before, like, what what comes to mind for you when you think of something that said, "Man, if I really get that, I'll be set, I'll be established." Like, what's the first thing that pops into your mind, right? Around this Christmas season, I'm sure something probably comes to mind. It's like, man, once I get that, once I get this, even Andy kind of joked about it, good hair day, you know, we have these things. The first thing, honestly, that comes to mind for me is a hungry hippo. You guys know what Hungry Hippo is? Any people in here in the 80s products like these? So Hungry Hippo game was this game that you basically you push 
uh, a little button and there are four parts and a little hippo pops out and it kind of chunks and it grabs marbles and then it pulls it back. Well, as the 80s did in most ways over-promised and under-delivered, uh, the commercial was like real hippos like coming out and chomping and fighting each other and then, you know, pulling these marbles back and these kids had enjoyed it. The same thing as all kinds of, again, 80s commercials. Um, I think it was called Crossfire or something. And you'd see these kids hitting this game and these like crossbows were shooting fire. And, just, and it was never that way. But I remember watching Hungry Hippo commercials and being like, I gotta have that. I don't know what that says about me, that Hungry Hippo is what it was for me, what it is. But um, I, I just wanted it. And my brother, being a normal older brother, would like play tricks on me all the time. He'd come in and wake me up on a Saturday morning and be like, hey, Kim, David, it's, man, I, I'm, I'm not gonna, I don't wanna spoil the surprise, but let's just say something's out there with your name on it that, that, that were rhymes with Hungry Hippo. Okay, and I, you know, rip out, come out there, and he just be laughing. I did eventually get a hungry hippo, and it didn't mean any need of mine. I, I don't get it. And, um, and then it transpired into something else. I remember again, just, and this is like an 80s flashback, so the handful of us in here that know the 80s, I had a BMX bike, and I wanted my uh, the crash pads on the bike. There were these incredible pads that were like, they were like, you know, Fox, uh, red and white checker, and I watched the 80s movie, Rad. If you've never seen Rad, you need to go rent it. It's a cop video, I'm sure. It's uh, beauty in art. Um, but I watched Rad, and I wanted these red and white checkered pads, and then it, it transpired into something else, and I wanted Bo Jackson shoes. When those came out, and I wanted them so badly, and they were an astronaut astronomical price of $80, which right now is kind of normal. But it, it just transpired. And it's easy to talk about in the past, like, oh, once I have that, my hope will be filled. I will be satisfied. But what is it for you right now? It might be a tangible, practical thing. Uh, for me, I'll be totally honest, I want, I want to paint my house. We just got a house. We're incredibly blessed, and it's peach and turquoise. And uh, it's a great house. We love the house. And I never really thought I'd have a house and a house like this. And, and yet, I'm still not satisfied. Once it gets painted, then I'll be good, right? No, it'll continue. And, and we all have these things. It's like, that will be it. And yet, every once in a while, God, in his goodness, peels back the curtains of heaven and reveals himself. He reveals a glorious hope and he opens our eyes to the reality of who he is and what he's doing and what he has already fully given us so that we can be in a place of contentment no matter where we are, no matter what circumstance we're in. In a much more serious way, Andy just shared up here this morning, she talked about an uncircumstantial joy that surpasses all understanding. And that's the good news of God, that he has sent his son Jesus to instill a hope, to establish a hope that doesn't say everything else is bad, we should all just become like monks and just, you know, hungry hippos are bad. Kids, you shouldn't want new toys for Christmas. You should be ashamed of yourself for wanting this or that or for being excited about a good hair day. That's, sometimes we go there, right? Like, that's ridiculous. 
Those are good things, but they're not ultimate things. They're not meant to be sources of hope. I mean, they're meant to be objects of worship. Or, or, or helps in worship. Objects that aids in worshiping God. That the good giver of all gifts gives these things not to replace himself, but to take and to use to see his good gifts in them. Whether he gives or whether he takes away. And then in turn to thank him and to worship him in every circumstance. And so that's what we're looking at this morning through the lens of a couple of shepherds. Who you got to believe had a lot to hope for you got to believe had a lot of things and they're like, man, if I just got this, if I just got that, life would be a little bit better. But then God reveals himself and shows the glorious hope that shapes their lives. So that's the context of where we're at this morning. We've looked at an unlikely hope through the, through the lens of the character, the person, Mary. And then last week we looked at a tense hope through Joseph, Jesus' stepdad. And then this week we look at a glorious hope that is revealed through a couple of shepherds. So that's where we're at as we pick up the reading right now in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And so again, just a little bit of the backstory of how we come into this perhaps familiar story to many of us is that as we've seen the last couple of weeks, Mary, a young virgin girl in her mid Teens was betrothed or, or, or promised to a young man named Joseph, and they were going to be married. And this was a binding legal covenant, and then he, she finds out she's pregnant because an angel appeared to her. And then Joseph didn't know what to do. He's going to divorce her, and yet the angel says, no, 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 this thing is really from God. She has conceived um, a baby from God, the Holy Spirit. Do not divorce her, still marry her, but don't lie with her, don't, don't have sex with her until, until she delivers this baby, and then, and then they, they have to go. So she's pregnant, and now they have to go to Bethlehem, which is um, uh, the city of David. And they have to go there because the Roman rulers want to get, they want to take a census, right? It's just like any arrogant ruler wants to know what he's got, right? It's like, it's like, it's like you know, counting your, your Benjamins, you know, like... Just one after another. Like, so this, the, 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 the rulers over the Roman Empire wanted to know who all was a part of their kingdom and, and what they had in their whole empire. And so everybody had to go and, 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 and honor this census. And this isn't just a fluke, okay? God had prophesied in the very beginning through the scriptures that this is the way it would all unfold. So there they are. They happen to be in the city of David in Bethlehem where uh, uh, she would give birth. And then, happens to be nearby, these shepherds are out there just hanging out in the field. And shepherds, I don't want to get into it too much, but shepherds are probably like you and I would think of it. You know, today they were kind of social outcasts a little bit, kind of oddballs, they were kind of stinky. You know, they're out there, they're looking after sheep, and, um, and they're hanging out there. And you got to believe there was a lot of stuff that they're like, man, if I just had 
this if I just had a warm shower. Okay, I don't know, you know, some of us who maybe, maybe your car has gotten stranded and it's cold and you're out there and you're working on it and you're just thinking like, man, if I could just get home, take a warm shower, relax, eat a warm meal, I'll be good. You know, and you, wherever we're at, whatever circumstance we're in, there's something, there's something right? And you're just like, I can't wait till I get that. Well, that's what these guys are doing. They're hanging out, and they're around the fire, and all of a sudden, boom, their world is changed. Okay, the curtains of heaven are peeled back a little bit. And this angel appears to them, and it says that, that the glory of the Lord shone around them. And if you remember what that is, that's um, the, 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 the glory of the Lord is like in the Old Testament when God's people in the Exodus, when they're going or whenever in the, in the tabernacle or in the temple or whatever, whenever God's presence was with man, the, uh, then, then, his, his, then a light would shine, like a, a fiery light or a cloud. When, in the Exodus, when God's people were going throughout the desert and were wandering in the wilderness, God says, I will be with you and you know because because my presence, my glory will be over you. And it was this like fiery, cloud-like presence that was traveling. And so all of a sudden, these guys are hanging out and boom, this envelops them. This like bright, shiny light and this angel comes up to them and says, don't fear. Okay, you've got to believe they're afraid. They're like, what, what do I do with this right now? What's going on here? And he says, don't be afraid. No, he's not saying don't be in awe. Right? Because elsewhere it says, like, fear God, right? You have to be in awe, but don't be dismayed. In this moment, yeah, this is unusual. This is incredible. But listen, I have good news for you. I'm telling you good news. He says there in, uh, in verse 10, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all people. Know what that means, good news? You heard this? That's the gospel. Literally, what this angel says to them right now in this moment, the word gospel means good news. And this is what he said. Guys, don't be dismayed. Be amazed. I'm evangelizing you right now. Is that what comes to mind for any of us in here when someone said, I'm about to evangelize you? Is that exciting? I'm like, all right, here it goes. <laughs> right? Something comes to mind. It's probably not super exciting. It's like, all right, I don't know what this involved. It might involve a track or some kind of bait and switch conversation or some kind of weird things about to go down. But that's not biblical. Okay, when, 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 when God speaks of good news coming, it's like, listen up. Let me tell you some things that's really about to change your life. This is about to inform everything for you. Listen up. This is good. This is good stuff. And, and it's practical. And it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna change things for you. It's gonna inform joy for you. That's what's going on here, guys. I just think I want to encourage you, maybe convict if we have some some evangelists in here of that other kind that think it, you know, that think evangelism looks like screaming and yelling, you got a bullhorn and you got all kinds of you know tricks up your sleeve and you're and you if you ever use the phrase I'm gonna go and wreck some people right now the gospel that that shouldn't be that's not not the picture. Okay, good newsing that is evangelizing. That's evangelism is good newsing. 
And the good news here, guys, for all of us is that as God is working in our lives and revealing himself and establishing the hope of Jesus in all of life, you can do none other than to share that with others. Like, what would it look like for you with your classmates, with your co-workers, with your friends, your neighbors? If I said, hey, let's all, let's all go out here and evangelize this place. Evangelize your neighbors, right? That brings connotations that aren't so good. But what it should mean, share what God is doing in your life. Share the real stuff that God is doing. If you have seen God working in your family, there's no, there, there, there's no sense of, man, I'm gonna, I, I'm perfect, I've got it all figured out. No, no, it means you, you share with your, your co-worker, right, who opens up about, what, about the struggles in his or her marriage or what it means to be a dad and, and the anger that he is walking through and you share, you know, man, I get that and I'm by no means perfect, but, but let, me, let me tell you what it looks like for me to understand that, you know, honestly, like, the more I've understood God forgiving me, that, 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 God, that God could be angry with me, but he's forgiven me, and he accepts me. And then, and then when, I, when I erupt in anger in my home, I don't just try harder to do better. I go to, I go to God's grace, and I just say, man, God, you're not, you, you deal patiently and kindly with me, even when I erupt in anger. And somehow, through Jesus, that empowers me to love my family more appropriately. And, and, and I've seen over time that anger starts to be surfaced in my life. And, and, and it starts to be exposed as its ugliness. And it's not because I just try harder and I'm, I'm not that I'm perfect, but it's because God is working on me. And I've seen that take place in my life. That's what that's evangelism. That's that's the good news of what God has done. And, and at some point it comes to a point of saying, it's all because of the person and work of Jesus. Would you put your faith in him? Well, what would it look like for you to, to surrender your life to him? And sometimes that happens in a one-time conversation, sometimes that happens over the course of, you know, at the at the water cooler or the coffee pot or while you're digging a trench or whatever it looks like, but throughout the course of life, evangelizing in this way, good news of great joy that God is changing things. Amen? That's exciting. We can do that. We can share the good news that we have experienced by His grace. And so then, the angel continues on and he shares with him, listen, I'm bringing you this good news that's for the whole world, and it's this. It's that Christ is coming. The Savior, this is, there is joy here to be found in the fact that Christ the Savior has come, the Messiah, right? They, didn't, they don't get this. They're like, I don't understand here how, what's going on here. The, the curtains have been peeled back a little bit, and this angel just showed up, and all of a sudden we're hearing this stuff, and we're hearing about, about God is going to bring good news, and, 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 and I don't get it. And then, and then, Look here in verse 13 and 14 with me what happens. Um, the, 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 the top just gets blown off this thing. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And we read that and we sing those songs, you know, 
again, I never know songs, how it goes, but some songs should come to mind, you know, glory in the highest, and we did some, like, high key, and we're all in ugly sweaters, and rocking, and swaying, and singing out of tune. That's not what's going on. This is a rager. Okay, what just happened here is this angel is there, and the, the glory of the Lord is around these people, and then all of a sudden, the curtains aren't just peeled back. They come flying open, and these angelic beings, a multitude, literally hundreds or even thousands of angels are worshiping God. And this, guys, angels, remember, right? You know what, to, what not to have in your mind right now, right? It's not chubby babies in diapers floating around the parks. Like, that is not what angels are talking about here. This is... This is crazy, glowing, majestic beings that in, in, in the Bible, when someone comes face to face with an angel, there's a story, this is an aside, but one guy's on his donkey, and um, his donkey stops and will not move, and, and the guy, Balaam, gets off, and, and he uses a word, right, another word for a donkey, and he's like, move! donkey along, and, and he's like, and he starts abusing the donkey, and because the donkey sees this angel, and it's like, no, I would rather take your abuse than continue on, and then finally this angel reveals itself, and Balaam gets down and wants to worship this thing, and every time angels are worshipped, and they have to say, no, 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 I'm not God, but compared to you and me, they seem like gods, they're these majestic, incredible beings, and there's like tons of them here. Worshiping God. Can you imagine this scene? All of a sudden, the things they're hoping for, the things they're longing for, they don't just go away, but they're put into perspective. Because the curtains are peeled back and they see the glory of God revealed. And this worship service is going on and they are saying glory to God in the highest and peace on earth among those with whom he is well pleased. That word peace is shalom. It's the, the perfect kingdom as, as, as it's supposed to be where God's rule and reign, where every relationship we have, where everything we do, where our work and our, our lives are completely as they ought to be. And these angels are worshiping because you know what they're saying? They're saying, God, you have done yourself again. You have done it. I didn't expect it. No one expected it this way. But the hope of the world is coming in the form of a little baby. God, you are doing it. You are, you are amazing. And they are worshiping God. These angels <coughs> are worshiping God and are saying, you have done good. You, you have outdone yourself. And this is a foreshadowing of what's to come. Because in Philippians chapter 2, we see the way this whole thing will go down again one day. We see a little picture of this. The, the curtains are peeled back and these, these angels are worshiping God and saying, God, I cannot believe your glorious hope brought to the world in the form of a little baby. And they, they, it's like, we didn't see this coming. You've had it planned from eternity past and you have now delivered your son. God in the flesh, remember? God concarnate, God incarnate, with flesh, with meat, God among us, Emmanuel. And this is beautiful, and they're worshiping God. And in Philippians chapter 2, it's a similar picture of what will come one day. 
the author Paul says this. He says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God as thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself, became a little helpless little baby wearing a diaper, wearing swaddling clothes, fully dependent on the people that he had created. He says, have this mind among yourselves. He, 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 he became obedient even to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. <coughs> so that, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This is a picture of the day that is to come, okay? The curtains are peeled back, these angels are worshiping gloriously, and then this, in this case, in Philippians 2, the author Paul is telling people, hey guys, I know... <coughs> I know that by your human economy, what it looks like to interact with one another, it means you gotta be, you gotta, you gotta one up everyone else, right? You gotta climb the ladder, you gotta, you gotta be top dog, you gotta put everyone else down. He says, no, 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 humble yourselves, but not because you can be humble, not because you can all of a sudden put on humility, but because you look to Jesus, who though he is God, humbled himself, even to the point of being a little baby. And that's what these angels are worshiping. And then, though, Paul takes it a moment further because the shepherds still don't fully get it. Right? They're seeing God among us. But then Paul reminds the, the, the audience in Philippians, which you and I know, the most clear point of the glory of God revealed to humanity is the cross. Where God not only humbles himself by coming a baby who poops, and throws up and needs to be swaddled and needs to be cared for and went through all the awkward stages of adolescence and grew up and did everything. But that wouldn't be enough. He displays his humility that though he is creator, he hung himself on a tree. He laid down his life to take on the shame and the punishment and the effect of sin in the world that you and I live in. That by nature and by choice, we swim in polluted waters of sin. And God humbled himself and died on the cross. And that is glorious. In the day, and this is every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And then in Revelation, the very last book of the Bible, we see a picture of every tongue, every tribe, every nation, the entire world, not just these angelic beings, but all people who have ever lived will be raised and will bow in worship and will say, holy, 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 set apart, glorious are you, God. <clears throat> and for those who have put their faith in him, this is what it says. It says, peace among those with whom he is well pleased. For those who have put their trust in Jesus, God the Father is well pleased in. He says, I accept you, I love you. I'm Abba, I'm Daddy, I'm Father. You and I get to be called children, sons and daughters of God Most High. But for those who have not placed their faith in Jesus, the terrible reality is that that would be an awful moment 
of recognizing the glory of God that has been shown. So if you're here today and you have never put your faith in Jesus, if you hear the word evangelism and rightly some wrong things come to mind, here in this moment, that the good news that God wants to tell you is that He has come to give you hope. He has come to give you peace. He has come to give you restoration in relationship in all of life through faith in Jesus. And that is good news and that is glorious. And there will be a day He is calling every one of us to live in light of the day where we will be a part of the greatest worship service this world has ever known where, we're, where, where we get a little glimpse of that through the eyes of these shepherds these majestic holy beings worshiping God and saying, Glory to you, you have outdone yourself in Him. And so then, suddenly, the mountaintop high is gone, the curtains close up, right? Church camp is over, and they pick up in verse 15, we see they're dumbfounded by what they just saw, and it says, When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They just saw this incredible thing, and they could have just gone back to life as it was, right? Yeah, that was crazy. I don't know what we just ate, but man, that was nuts. Let's do it again. Let's go get our next fix. What is often the case here, God reveals himself in incredible ways. We're not against emotional highs. I love that kind of thing. I love when we have worship service and tears are streaming and our hands are raised and we are, we are praising God. But we don't, we don't just live for those moments. Okay? We, we just surrender to God and he will use wherever we are, where, whatever he's doing to inform us and to remind us that he is on the move, that he is trustworthy always. As we talked about this morning, in any circumstance, an emotional high or a terrible low. And so in this moment, the high is potentially gone. They're like, what's going on here? Let's go see this thing that has happened. Let's go to Bethlehem. And so they run to the city. And says they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When they saw it, they, had known, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered. And what the shepherds told them. So they come up there, guys, you're not going to believe this thing. We just saw, and they go through and they tell the story of what they just saw. And you've got to believe that Mary's like, wait, you, you saw an angel? What do you look like? I saw an angel too. And then Joe's like, yeah, me too, I saw an angel too. And they all right there and turn like one up one another's story. And like, no, no, but man, there was a multitude of these guys. And, and then uh, they're all going to even the innkeeper. I don't know if you guys know the innkeeper. I just love to. to picture the innkeeper then trying to get in on this story. He's like, hey, me too, I have a part of this too. Guys, this is what happened. This, 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 this pregnant woman came, she tried to stay at our place, and I was like, no, I'm sorry, there's no room. And, and she left, and she had to go have a baby in the manger. And, what? Who brought this guy to the party? Right? Every group of friends has to have that guy. Trying to get in, and you're like, that is not what we're talking about here. <laughs> But no, they're, they're all worse. Okay, I don't think the innkeeper was really there. But um, by the way, who, who, have any of you ever had to play the innkeeper in a, in a play? You yeah. have. We have some people here. Man, I was thinking, like, I don't know if we'll ever have Christmas 
plays here, maybe one day with kids and shepherds and stuff, but I don't know who cast the character, but like, who gets to be Herod? And who gets to be the innkeeper? Like, I mean, they always try to like church it up and like, I'm really sorry, but it's like, you just, you just, you just pumped a pregnant woman and made her go sleep in the, in the, ma- in the manger. It's not cool. The innkeeper doesn't really get a very good role. But, um, so I'm sorry for you, because we crazy after service. Um, but, they come, and they're, they're not really one up in one another, because it says they make known what has been known to them. There's got to be a humble posture. There's joy, there's evangelism going on here. There's good news being shared of what God has done, and what God has revealed. And there's, it says they are making known what has been known to them. Hear me, if you ever carry a posture of arrogance, if anything about the insights of God that have been given to you, if, if you know, if you're a theological person and you wear that as a badge of honor, this needs to be a warning to you right now. There's no room for arrogance and pride in what you and I know. The good news of Jesus has been revealed to us, and that needs to be the most humbling and compelling thing in our lives. Okay, there's no room for saying, I, I'm, a, I'm a highbrow kind of person, I've read all these things, I speak these languages, I know this stuff, let me put you down with what I know. No, it has been given to us to share with others. Undeserving recipients of the good news and the grace of God to be evangelized, to be heralded, to be shared with others. And the result is never someone being beat down and browbeaten and ashamed, but needs to be worshipped. And if the result isn't worship, if someone doesn't respond in faith, that shouldn't give us any, anything other than a sorrowful compulsion to pray that hearts would be softened and that more and more people's eyes would be open to join in the worship of glorious God, who has given us the hope of the world and his son Jesus. And so that's what's going on here. These people are sharing what they what has been revealed to them. And yet Mary, Mary just kind of sits back. It says in verse 19, Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen they had been told to them. I love that picture of Mary. She just gave birth, exhausted, tired, confused, still a virgin. This whole deal is like, I've never known a man, and yet here I am, I, I'm now a mother, and this child I just gave birth to is the hope of the world, the Savior, the Christ, right? That isn't a last name, remember, it's not Jesus Christ, like, Jesus Smith, is Jesus the Christ, the Savior, the hope of the world, and she's sitting there, her Savior. And, and this is incredible. Jesus taking it all in. And similarly, the, the shepherds walk away again, this mountaintop high, and they go, and we're told in verse 21 that they name him, that, that Joseph and Mary name him, Joseph, or name, name the baby Jesus, as they were told, he's circumcised, being a Jewish family, he's circumcised on the eighth day, because
because he is indeed the rightful heir of the throne of David, born in the city of David, the promised king that will sit on the throne of the kingdom that will rule forever. That's Jesus. And here he is, a little baby. And they don't fully get it. They walk away. And the angels, or the, the shepherds walk away. And they're worshiping. They're talking together. Guys, can you believe what we just saw? And guys, just like you and me, they continue on in their lives. And every other hope is still there. Every other need is still there. Every other circumstance in life is still there. But it's now informed more rightly by the glorious hope of God that has been revealed to them. And yet for them, they haven't seen the clearest display as you and I have seen. And every week as we respond in worship and get to look at the cross, we get to take communion and remember that the hope of the world has been given fully in the person and work of Jesus. That the cross and the empty tomb, the death and the resurrection of Jesus is the clearest display of hope, peace, joy, of glory. And it doesn't mean that our circumstances all of a sudden just magically change or get easy. But it means that every hope we have, that every need we have, that every trial we walk through, that every joy-filled moment we have is now informed, is now built on an unshakable foundation of the hope of God, the glory of Jesus, revealed to you and me, that is meant to define all of life. What would it look like, specifically during this season? What would it look like for your life, for your family, for your relationship, for your work, for your evangelizing, for your sharing of the good news to be informed and defined by the glorious hope of God given in His Son, Jesus, who we worship and now we respond to. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for, um, Lord, thank you for glory. Thank you for, um, for reminding us that, uh, Lord, this life is not the way it's supposed to be, and also this life is not all there is. Lord, there are some really sweet moments up ahead, I think. Lord, there are times you've given us foretastes of the coming kingdom. You've given us foretastes of your glory, but it all pales in comparison to what we will look for one day. The glory of God revealed. Lord, there is a day for everyone here who has put their faith in Jesus. This is as bad as it will ever be. That even the greatest moments that we experience now are but foretaste. They're appetizers of the glorious worship that we need to enter into for all eternity. So I pray now, Lord, as we respond to you. I don't know where everyone's at in this moment, Lord. For some who are just having a really good time or enjoying this season, Lord, I don't want there to be any guilt or anything like that, Lord. I pray that we will respond and we will be thankful and joy-filled and that there will be, be gratitude for what you have given right now that we can delight it. And Lord, for those right now who are in a place who, who, are, who are having to hold on to an uncircumstantial joy that, that knows no happiness right now, some tears and hardship and trial, or that it will all be informed and defined by the unbreakable foundation of the glorious hope we have.